Greetings, geeks, and welcome to the latest episode of Off the Cuff, the offshoot of Geeking Off the Page when we don't have a number of hosts to be able to run off of each other by talking back and forth to each other. We do this one-off sort of deal, and uh, this week I am your host, your solo host, Troy, and I'm going to be talking to you about a couple of things that uh, I've been catching up with in the past little while. Now, to begin with, I will give you the information that this is being recorded on Saturday, the 25th of November, 2023. And if you know anything about your uh, sci-fi uh, series and all that, you will know that it is the premiere day that the BBC and Disney Plus are airing the first episode of the Russell T. Davies Return to Doctor Who 60th Anniversary episodes, starring David Tennant as the 14th Doctor. Now, I've woken up uh, early this morning to actually sit down and watch this, and um, the following uh, recording, which is what I'm about to go to after this, uh, is me sitting down first thing in the morning to be able to uh, watch the uh, celebration or the uh, the 60th celebration of Doctor Who uh, live on um, Disney Plus. Uh, again, one of the neat things about it is because this will be the first time that North American audiences will be able to experience viewing a Doctor Who episode in the uh, way that it is actually being broadcast on the BBC which is completely without commercial breaks, which is kind of neat to be able to finally be able to view it in that form. So um, take it away, I guess, past Troy. Uh, thank you, future Troy. All right, so it's uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I am turning on Disney+, Plus, and I am going to watch the uh, 60th anniversary uh, Doctor Who episode. All right, so we're going to load up uh, Disney Plus. All right, the good old Roku has a Disney Plus button on the remote, so that's always a good thing to have. All right, here we go. Disney Plus, and then. There we go. Select that. All right. Oh, it's one something you gotta get used to. It's gotta be pointed directly at the TV for some strange reason. Okay, here we go. Do 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 do. Okay, no, no, is that it? Christmas with Walt Disney. Where's the end of the world? Wait, what the? Dollar Destiny is coming on December first. Disney Plus. Where the hell is it? I'm um, just looking at the banner at the top and the naughty nine. The naughty. Okay, let's go down. New Disney Plus naughty nine. Assembled. Oh, the making of Loki season two. That's cool. Uh, Christmas with Disney. That looks kind of neat. But wait, where the? Yeah, where is it? So apparently. The Doctor Who special is airing at 6.30 England time, p.m. England time, which means uh, it's going to be airing here at, wait, 1.30 p.m.? That's only five hours difference. Well, that's what it is, but a quick Google search gave me the information, and it's not actually airing on Disney Plus until 1.30 this afternoon. So, 
I'd watch something else. And because I was a huge fan of, well, Loki to begin with, and the Loki series was really, really fun. I'm going to watch the uh, behind the scenes because I love behind the scenes stuff. But I guess I'll come back in a couple of hours when uh, Disney Plus has Doctor Who on it. All right, so here goes with Assembled. Ooh. Opening shot. They got the Loki with the horns, but yeah. Okay, I'm just going to say that watching this behind the scenes thing is fantastic because it's not color cor uh, corrected and all that. So a lot of the stuff that is really, really dark in the actual show is like bright technicolor right in front of your face. So you get to see what the actual sets look like and all that kind of thing. Um, and it's kind of neat to see everyone uh, working through the whole entire, hey, let's make this as simple as possible to tell a story. And yeah, it's it's really neat. And then... Of course, we're seeing alternate like angles of shots and whatnot and different takes on lines, which is kind of neat. And uh, yeah, so it's really, really fun. Again, it's behind the scenes stuff. So it's it, you get to see all the extras and whatnot, which is which is always fun. Oh, seeing all the extra details in OB's office workshop is kind of neat. But it's so cool. All right. Friggin' B-15, uh, her actual British accent is so <laughs> thick that she, like, cuts it back for the show. It's fantastic. Again, it's, it's another thing about behind-the-scenes stuff. You get to see everyone acting as themselves and showing, and everyone's just so thrilled to be back, and the new people are thrilled to be added and all that sort of thing, so, yeah. So a word to the wise, if you ever are planning on uh, doing any of these Marvel costumes, if you plan on making anything from scratch or whatever, um, like I know there are hundreds and hundreds of ways you can go about doing it, but um, do yourself a favor and watch the uh, Disney Plus series Assembled um, and uh, for any of the movies that you want to actually uh, get a costume from. I've been watching this Loki season two and uh, they do all these on-set interviews with a bunch of the characters while they're in their costume or they're just showing you behind the scenes footage of the characters and their costumes. They The detail is so spectacular. It's stuff that you won't be able to like screen cap on your TV because it's been color corrected or something like that. But if you want to do this because... Every single one of Loki's outfits from season two is so beautifully displayed in this that um, it makes it pretty much possible to be able to design your own cosplay from this. It's it's just a, a beautiful, beautiful piece of um, making it a great resource. I mean, sure, you can go to whatever online and people have already broken it down and all that but if you feel like breaking it down yourself or you haven't been able to find a particular costume or like uh, say you want to do uh, like uh, Minutemen hmm a group of Minutemen and hunting a particular variant at a convention 
I, I mean, I haven't actually looked. I haven't done the research to look into it. But if you want to do a Minuteman costume, you watch the assembled Loki season two. It has all the details that you would need for those costumes. Or hmm, Minutemen, eh? Group cosplay. That'd be fun. Another thing about the uh, series is that there is a ton of practical sets. I mean, some of it is obviously they're using, like, the office building or whatever that they use for uh, Mobius's um, watercraft place, Piranha Water Sports and uh, B-15 and her her, uh, her office and all that sort of thing for the doctor's office and all that. But, uh, like, Obi's, like, um, on the timeline, Obi's, the, uh, the writer, Obi, uh, his set is all practical. It's probably the exact same set, just a few tweaks for the actual workshop and all that, but it's all physical sets. It's all, there's barely little blue screen. The TBA offices has blue screens. Of course, their windows are all blue screened and all that sort of thing. So everything is beyond the windows is all that, but everything is, there's a lot of practical. The, 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 the uh, control room for the loom is all practical. Um, it's all fantastic looking and it's, it's great because again, uh, the way they shoot this, they basically shoot it like a documentary. They insert B footage of while people are talking about the sets or in the area, the camera is just panning around looking at this room when there's nothing going on and all that sort of thing. So it's kind of neat to see all again, it's the behind the scenes stuff. It's what's makes, uh, being a fan of watching stuff such a uh, a pleasure to be and in contrast to the uh, fully building of all the sets uh, I've now gotten to the part where they're talking about the World's Fair sequence from uh, the third episode and uh, while there is a good portion of it that is practically built they're mentioning how the two far ends of the uh, sets are all blue screen and all that uh, and how that becomes a set extension after that, but a good portion of it is actually physically there. And it actually is an exterior built uh, set. It's all built outside. They have uh, proper lighting lamps over, uh, hanging over the entire length of the uh, World's Fair, and it's just a huge, giant exterior set. All right, so just some final thoughts on the uh, assembled of uh, Loki season two, um, kind of cool. They show uh, the creation of the uh, protection suits for the uh, launch of the to get to the loom and all that. That uh, both um, uh, Victor and uh, Mobius wear. Um, it's kind of neat. They actually break down how they went about creating it and all that sort of thing and. Uh, the trials and tribulations into the creation of those uh, outfits and all that and uh, I've discovered right now that uh, you know what no that would have been cool to make as a costume for a convention but no way am I gonna make that but the next thing that they do show is the final Loki outfit the uh, loom Loki or whatever you they have deemed it um, is beautiful because they have all this again behind-the-scenes shots of uh, Tom Hiddleston trying it on with the uh, costume designer and the two of them are just talking about it and describing it and all the footage that you don't actually get to clearly see in the final product because of the 
coloring and the alteration and all that. So you get to see it in full color. You get to see it in all of its glory and all that. And it's just a fabulous, fabulous costume. Uh, two of the... Th One other thing is... Uh, they... There is no... They, they do mention Jonathan Majors throughout this whole entire thing. Um, they just, because of the character involved in the series. But there is no actual interview with Jonathan Majors. There's no voiceover. There's no anything like that. And the same as uh, uh, Gugu, Gru, oh man, the woman that plays Renslayer. She also does not have any sort of interview and all that. Owen Wilson is interviewed, but it's a voiceover during his sequence when they're talking about um Mobius's original timeline and all that but that's about it but everyone else is all on set and all that um but it's kind of neat to see this whole entire thing come to a head and it's nice because they actually give more behind the scenes of why they came to the certain uh reasons that they did for the stories and all that sort of thing and it was just a fascinating watch I mean it's only an hour long uh, it's less than an hour long, and then as soon as it's there, it leads you right into Loki season one if you want to watch the whole entire thing all over again. So, um, I'm 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 glad I I sat down and watched this whole entire thing, and it was so so fascinating. So it was again, it's it's something that I enjoy about this whole entire thing of being a fan of movies and all the. MCU stuff, seeing all the behind-the-scenes stuff. It's really uh, a fun time, a fascinating time, and again, it gives you more insight into why things were done the way they are, or how they came out the way they did, and it's uh, it's it's nice to have that extra piece to the puzzle to uh, get the full enjoyment out of uh, everything that they do. I guess now back over to you, future Troy. Thank you, Past Troy. Um, so yeah, that was the situation for that. So I had a little bit of time to kill, so I decided um, I'm going to watch some other stuff. And one of the things that I did watch was I did end up watching the fourth episode of the second season of Amazon's Invincible, the animated series based on the Robert Kirkman comic book. Now, I can't quite remember if Trevor's actually said anything about what he has seen or has described what he has seen of Invincible of the second season. Um, I don't have that information in front of me right this very second, but uh, I will tell you that the fourth episode is kind of cool. We have um, Stephen. Uh, no, we have Glenn. No, wait. So it's the actor Stephen Yen is plays Glenn on The Walking Dead, and it's Mark that he plays on Invincible. So anyways, Mark shows up um, at an alien planet where his uh, father has uh, shown up, uh, the uh, J.K. Simmons. And without uh, giving too much away of the uh, story, just uh, to be as spoiler-free as possible, um, Omni-Man, his father, asks for his help to fight off some uh, vitramites so that's basically it and it's uh an interesting story it's a great thing about family oh and mom back on earth is having a tough time about uh dealing with the situation that uh she has just come to the conclusion that not the actual conclusion but the realization of how it affects her personally how um her husband having killed the all the superheroes that he had killed in the past and uh so yeah so that's uh dealing with that so beautifully written uh wonderfully animated a uh, lot of violence a lot of uh, blood and gore so uh 
if you uh, enjoy that sort of thing and you've uh, gotten this far through, it's definitely great to set up for the continuation of the uh, 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 second part of the season because I think um, not 100% sure if this season is cut up into four and four episodes or five and four episodes or something like that. I can't remember how many are in season two, but yeah, so there's going to be a break until the new year, either uh, now and then in the new year, the next uh, half of the season is uh, released. But uh, for now, that's what we got so far. So C and I still had a uh, few hours before uh, the new Doctor Who is actually released on Disney+. Plus. I decided to catch up on Apple TV's uh, Monarch, uh, Legacy of Monsters. Now, um, to begin with, I am a huge fan of the Godzilla series and all that. I grew up watching the black and white movies when I was a kid and all that. Um, and I've always been a fun uh, a fan of the big uh, guy in a rubber suit sort of monster movies and all that. Now, when it came around to the 2014 uh, reboot, I guess you would you call it, um, I was in the theaters watching it and all that sort of thing, and I really, really enjoyed seeing what uh, what they gave us and all that. So it was a spectacular movie to begin with. And of course, we have subsequent sequels and other storylines all woven together and all that. But this uh, series, uh, The Legacy of Monsters, uh, basically tells this two parallel storylines uh, that uh, basically uh, one of the storylines that uh, takes place back in the 1950s. Uh, basically, if you remember at the beginning of the uh, the the first Godzilla movie, the, the sorry, the 2014 Godzilla movies. There's the uh, footage of the uh, giant Godzilla coming towards the bomb that gets blown up. So that took place in the 50s. And then the secondary storyline takes place in uh, 2015, which is uh, just uh, just after the uh, basically the attack in um, in uh, San Francisco, which is what the dealings is in the uh, modern day of the uh, movie and obviously 2014. Oh, and one more thing to tie it together. The actual uh, first episode starts off with a running John Goodman uh, set in the year 1973-74 and all that. And he is on Skull Island and he is being chased by, uh, I mean, in the opening, we get to see monsters. Like there's this giant monster that chases him and all that out of the forest. He gets to the edge of the island and he has this Attic Esteshke casing. Um, it's this rubber protective uh, bag that he's carrying in his arm. And he throws it into the water, and the, the creature that's attacking, coming towards to attack him, gets attacked by yet another one and whatnot. And that's all we that. And then we go to the 50s for one storyline, and then we do the 2014s for another storyline. Um, they run parallel to each other, which is kind of cool. Um, in the um, the, uh, the 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 50s version um we've got um Wyatt Russell uh playing uh Lieutenant Lee Shaw and it's kind of neat cuz Kurt Russell in the present day also plays uh, the plays the same character he plays his the in the different ages i mean at the different ages the young Lee Shaw and the old Lee Shaw and all that so anyways um Wyatt Russell uh teams up with uh, Dr. Uh, Keiko uh, Mura, who is uh, a Japanese uh, scientist, 
and a uh, Bill uh, Randa, who is uh, a uh, a former military guy that's now turned into an exobiologist and all that. And they are basically um, do, trying to track down these radiation uh, leaks to figure out what is going on, and they end up discovering the creatures. They end up discovering the titans and all that, uh, a nest of titans and whatnot. And uh, in the secondary storyline, we find uh, Kate... Uh, Rhonda, who is uh, visiting Hong Kong after her father has passed on, and he is she is now going to work on his uh, like gather go to his uh, apartment that he has in Hong Kong to see what's going on. And when she gets into this apartment, it's occupied by uh, two others, a uh, uh, an older woman and her her son who are also Rhonda's. So it's uh, uh, Miko is the mother and Kinarto is uh, the, the, the brother, well, the, the son. And it turns out that, ooh, dad had a secret other family over here in Hong Kong. And then uh, Kate just like kind of loses it. And then as she leaves, um, they're all like, well, what's going on? We need to find out. How do you have keys to this apartment and whatnot? And all in Susan, and all that sort of thing. One of the cool things is when she gets to Hong Kong, she's walking through um, uh, 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 the airport and there actually is a designated like, like Titan awareness lane. If this is, if there is a Titan attack, follow this path and all that. And it's kind of neat because it's like yellow labels all over the place with the Godzilla like silhouette in them and all that. It's kind of neat. Um, the nice thing about this is everyone speaks a natural language and it's only translated into uh, a notable, like when you need to know what they are actually saying, it gets translated for you and whatnot. Um, it is really cool. Again, it's told on three, on, sorry, on two major storylines. Like I said, one in the 50s and one in the 2015s. Um, oh, it's kind of neat. Um, we actually... Uh, 20 minutes into the first episode, we actually see Godzilla. We see Godzilla wrecking havoc in uh, 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 San Francisco, like he did in the movie, because uh, Kate, the Kate, uh, is like was in San Francisco when the Godzilla attacked. There's a sequence where she's on the Golden Gate Bridge and she's on a bus full of kids and all that, and well, just stuff happens and whatnot no one to spoil anything because it's definitely worth it it first of all this show is beautifully shot and again apple tv is doing so good with their television shows and all that this is a fantastic um thing to witness it's it's so beautifully done and um there's a shocking revelation at the end of the first episode and you're like oh my god i can't believe they just did that and then uh things reset in the second episode and whatnot and it's 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 kind of neat do they jump uh the the 2015 timeline seems to be moving parallel straight through it's that's not jumping back and forth the 2050 uh, sort of storyline is jumping back and forth back and forth sort of thing sometimes it's a little later in the 50s and it's then it goes back to earlier in the 50s uh it sets up um the whole entire beginning of how monarch actually starts how they from the government giving them money to start hunting down or studying these titans to see how much of a viable threat they actually are how the viable threat they can be and all that and we've got some great acting we got some fantastic um 
uh, uh, scenery and sets and the visual effects are fantastic of course they're going to be because they're like movies movie movie quality on your tv and it looks just fantastic and it's such a fun thing so like i said so far they've uh, the storylines from godzilla 2014 are involved and this basically the 2015 storyline so far takes place like i think it's six months after g-day is what they call the attack in Godzilla 2014 and like I said there was a reference to Skull Island because of the John Goodman sequence but so far in the first three episodes that have aired we haven't gone back to the 70s and all that so I'm pretty sure we'll probably get to a point where we end up back on Skull Island for some strange reason because uh well the prior to the 50s you can get into the 70s no problem and all that but again the cast involved with that it, it just seems to be John Goodman seems to be the only character from the Skull Island storyline that is actually currently in this series. So, I mean, mind you, chances of getting a Tom Hiddleston or a Sam Jackson or a Brie Larson back might be a little more on the um, expensive side. Um, I could see them getting a John C. Riley because he was originally on the island before they showed up in uh, Kong Skull Island. All. He was already there to begin with. But, uh, yeah, so um, it... Uh, it's a fun, so far, it's a well-done series. I've enjoyed the hell out of the three episodes. And the end of each episode is like, no, I can't believe they just did that sort of thing there. So it's 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 really engaging. And the parallel storylines are really fun. Um, now that we got Kurt Russell into the uh, 20, like I said, 2015 storyline and all that, it's really, uh, it's really kicking off and all that. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely worth the... Uh, sitting down and sitting through each episode is of like from like 49 to 50 55 minutes each so you got a lot of bang for your buck and like i said great spectacular special effects uh, amazing sets they go on to really cool locations that actually is shot in hong kong and it is shot in california so i mean you get to see some really neat stuff and uh yeah it's uh it's definitely worth your time all right, so that brings us right down to uh, later on in the day. I wasn't able to actually start watching the actual episode of the Doctor Who uh, 60th anniversary episode because, unfortunately, I couldn't get enough time to myself to be able to do that. So what I did end up doing is uh, sitting down by myself. I, I avoided anything on the Internet because, you know, spoilers and all that, which I'm going to avoid here. I'm just going to give a little basic information and all that, and that's all that we're going to do. So the Star Beast um, is kind of a great return for um, Russell T. Davies, who is now, again, the showrunner and writer for this uh, particular uh, um, version of The Doctor. Uh, it would make sense that... Uh, David Tennant has come back. Um, we still don't have an explanation for why he is back. It is very troubling to him why he looks the way he does, why the 14th Doctor currently looks like the 10th Doctor. Um, they do work through the whole entire, uh, like, Donna Noble is, it, they're trying to avoid the Doctor. Um, uh, uh, Donna's mother, Sylvia, is is there to, like, oh, you can't be here sort of thing and whatnot, and no matter what uh, the doctor does, every single thing that he does in this 
storyline always brings him back to Donna. So no matter what it happens, uh, we're introduced to Donna's uh, husband, um, Sean, and their daughter, Rose, who is um, a, is a transgender woman. Um, it's it's a fantastic storyline. It's a it's a sub storyline that, of course, Russell T. Davies runs throughout the whole entire thing. There's a sequence where it is pointed out uh, these bullying kids on their street as they're walking home uh call out to rose and call her jason which is obviously she she was born a boy and is um in her teens uh has decided to become a uh girl and um giving herself the name rose and of course it's it's a bit of comedy when she's introduced as rose um, she's not, she's, he, uh, the doctor's just introduced to the name and he's all like, what, what, you know, he does his what and what and all that sort of thing. So it's, it's kind of comical to see it. So seeing this episode has been going on long enough, not to dwell too long on this, but, uh, quite an entertaining, uh, episode. Uh, again, Russell T Davies, uh, doing a great, uh, job. It's fantastic to see David Tennant back in the, uh, persona of the doctor. Again, the nice, uh, question about why he looks the way he does right now uh donna noble's return was quite uh quite uh, fun as well and um it was it was a good episode they're a little uh bit shifty on some of the uh, special effects for the uh, laser fight that happened uh, midpoint of the episode but uh the new sonic screwdriver is kind of cool it has a couple of brand new features you know as in manifesting actual physical items that you draw out in air like he had made a touchscreen uh, display and actually physical uh, shields like actual um, energy shields that he slid out so that they can sneak by a uh, a crossfire uh, situation all that but uh, yeah it was uh, pretty good so that's going to bring me to the end of this particular episode of Off the Cuff and uh, thank you for listening in and uh, hopefully next week we will get uh, a couple of the guys back together to do a regular Geeking Off the Page episode Oh, one other thing, uh, about uh, a month and a half, two months ago, I, with my daughter, went to go see both the Paw Patrol Mighty Pups movie and the Trolls Back Together movie, both in the, both in the theaters. Uh, you know what, they're, 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 they're entertaining for kids, which is great. That's the reason why I went to see it. Um, they are not so bad for adults. I mean... They're not the best that have been out there, but uh, you know what? They were definitely not the worst, and there's a hell of a lot more worse than there is good, and these were pretty good. All right, so good night, folks. Or good afternoon. Or good morning. Or whenever you're seeing this. Well, actually, probably not seeing this, but listening to this. All right, now I'm ranting, so take care. Thanks for tuning in. You have just been listening to Off the Cuff, a Planet Geek production. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share, and review. You are welcome to follow us on our social media platforms. For Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, search for Planet Geek Productions. On X, former Twitter, and Instagram, search for Planet Geek Pod. Or you could also send us an email at planetgeekpod.com at gmail.com. So, until next bat time, same spider channel. May the force be with you. Yes, have some. And thanks for tuning in.